Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. I'm going to hit record. I am actually giving you the ability to record. So if you could record on your side, you will be my backup copy should something happen to mine. Okay, let's see. I just, okay. Uh, I got that. Is it just the button at the bottom that says record, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah, that would be logical. Um, I'll go ahead and just start that whenever. Thank you for joining me. Hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today our guest has five years experience, law enforcement analysis experience. He started as an insurance claim analyst, then moved to his family's law firm, firm before becoming a crime analyst with, oh, time out. I forgot to ask you what department you're from. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Merriam, Kansas. Merriam. I thought it was Merriam, and I was uh, <laughs> that. So, okay. No worries. All right. All right. That's what I forgot. See, I, all right. I thought it was Merriam, but then I was like, Ooh, I should have just went with There it. is a Merriam, Kansas, too, somewhere Marian else. But yeah, it's in the. It's, and it's, it's Merriam PD. Merriam. Yeah, Merriam PD. Okay. Uh, it's in the Kansas right. City metropolitan area. Okay. So, all right. I'll just start it up with that top sentence. Mm-hmm. He started as an insurance claim analyst, then moved to his family's law firm before becoming a crime analyst with Merriam Police Department in Kansas. He is going to be LA Podcast's new host of Small Steps, a video tutorial series. Please welcome Seth Potts. Seth, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing well. So I I didn't mention this to you previously, but my mom was a pot. So there's a small chance that you and I are related. I, it's weird. Weirdly enough, you say that I get, I get asked quite a bit, like people know quite a few pots and I never growing up, I never got too much of that, but kind of college on yeah. like, I know us, I have a, someone I know, so-and-so, uh, do you know them? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that I've come across anybody I actually know yet. So yeah, my family's from Pennsylvania, so I don't know. It's a little bit far from Kansas. Yeah. I think, I think my family back, uh, North Carolina. All right. So you started out with farmer's insurance as a claim analyst. Yeah. Generally, just describe what you did, because I want to get into how it influenced what you currently are doing now. All right. Um, Well, to be honest, it started out, I was in college, I was uh, planning on going to law school. And and kind of towards the end of that, I, I decided that just didn't look like it was for me. So I have a degree whatnot. So I uh, applied to farmers because they have a, a big hub up here in, in Kansas City. And so yeah, I got on there and, and it's kind of a newer, fairly newer thing they had was a, a is an in-house analyst. So I started out with uh, basically taking taking uh, claims and calls to is basically interviewing people about their accidents. Mm-hmm. A bunch of different groups there, basically anything out of the ordinary injuries or that we, we moved it on. But for for me it'd be a process you, you just get honestly you're sitting in a cubicle farm and you get slammed with claims and you just you just taking call after call getting information from people so there's like a quite a bit of information gathering sometimes you have to pry it out of people some of it's kind of pulling things out of a system for policies and, and then even beyond that just the, the vehicles they have and making sure certain things make sense. So yeah, it was just basically taking statements and assigning, <laughs> I'd say assigning fault to an accident, but that's pretty much what it was. We'd say, yep, we're accepting or no, or 50, 50, whatever. And honestly, insurance is quite a bit 
more convoluted than I ever thought it would have been <laughs> all the different branches it goes off on. But, you know, it's, it's interesting now looking at it. There is some similarities. We had a uh, records management system, same way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big database of, of people's information and, and their claim history and stuff. It's kind of similar to looking at our records management system, see who has criminal history or just history of any calls for service, things such as that. But I, I moved on from, from that to actually estimating vehicle damages in-house. That was kind of interesting. You get photos in. Uh, I think the only real connection from that over over to the police world was uh, we we ask or request police reports to come in. A lot of times they look at those to see if there's any additional information. But yeah, you know, it, it kind of functions the same. It's a large database of people, and, and you're constantly looking up information. You know, I, I didn't I didn't deal with it personally there, but there's when things kind of looked a little suspect. There's certain areas that you'd send a claim to where they would they would do a little more in depth research on on maybe the the person their history and and getting in doctors uh I'll say potential doctors, fraud but yeah potential fraud and stuff like that so um I never had to deal with that which that probably would have been the closest thing <laughs> if I could have done that yeah. but yeah I, I I made it there you know five years I, literally the day I, I could be vested I, I moved on <laughs> so <laughs> I got my I got my uh retirement money and and uh that's when I moved on so so, so is do you have any funny or ridiculous stories you know yeah I, there's there's quite a few uh just kind of the ridiculousness of of some people and it's, it's funny the the more the more people i meet that the more fields i worked in and mm-hmm. dealt with more people in different situations you, you kind of realize you just never know what to expect from people i, I will say it, it, we got just you just get slammed with they just come in nonstop and and you're just constantly working it's, it's basically a list that never gets down to zero which i know for a lot of people would be frustrating but <laughs> You kind of look through and you pick through sometimes depending on what kind of day you're having. And the ones you're always looking for are like, good, park car, hit. That's great. <laughs> like no one should argue about that, right? But just the way people try to you know, weasel out of out of accepting liability for stuff, you know, oh, the car shouldn't have been parked there. Well, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, I will say I, it got to a point where I had to – I started using every time like, hey, what if it was a kid standing there, like a small child, three-year-old standing there? Could you have just hit him? You know, yeah. he should have been standing there. But you still can't just hit a child, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, sometimes that works, sometimes not. But uh, no, it's uh, you just you just never know. You get some some weird names sometime. You're I don't know. You feel bad. They're already in a, probably not going to like you because you're telling them that you're going to be accepting liability and their insurance is probably going to go up. And uh, and then you get a name that you just can't pronounce. And you there's no good way of asking someone that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, stories in particular, I just not, not very specific ones, more so just like a regular theme of your day would be broken up by something that should have been so mundane and easy. And it turns out to take up a, a fraction, you know, a 30 year day <laughs> oh, man. talking to someone about something about why they, you know, they hit a parked car. So clearly we're accepting liability. <laughs> yeah, people never cease to amaze me. <laughs> so then I'm sure it gets more interesting after that. Cause then you go work for a law office. Which Correct. Is your family's law office, right? It is. Um, my, my oldest brother has a, a law firm. It started local here in Kansas City. Though we're, we're not from the area originally, but that's where he, he came to college up here. And uh, he's about 14 years older than me. So it's really is one of those things I always always looked up to my brother and is always of interest. That's how I came to Kansas City as a kid. Always coming up to Kansas City was, was like the best time of year. And, and so he's up there and it's just something that, that – 
at one point when we talked enough and was familiar with what he did, we kept in good contact and uh, they were expanding a little and, and uh, there's just certain things they thought I'd, I'd be good for, for HR, kind of some operational stuff as they expanded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I kind of, I kind of dove in there and it, it kind of took on a, it's growth of his crazy growth and and it kind of it kind of outgrew me is 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 how that typically went and there's certain aspects of it that i just kind of figured out weren't my cup of tea like it was cool watching him do all this stuff Mm -hmm. and uh and then you kind of dig in and and you know i i I enjoy talking with people i enjoy people in general and and doing hr you're like yeah he'd be good for it he's nice to people people like him but you know i then you get in and and I said, my, my, just, and I, I joke with our HR person at, at our city all the time. Cause she knows I, I used to do this and she knows she could talk to me about her frustrations. <laughs> it's just the worst was when you'd be sitting there trying to get something done and someone comes in and closes the door behind themselves uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that, that joy of people dealing with people. And, and I mean, there's some aspects I like, I got to hand out bonuses. That nice. was cool. That that you know, those are the things I enjoyed. You know, hey, plan a plan a outing, a dinner party or whatever out for a year and for Christmas or something. Yeah, sure, I'd, I'll be happy to do that. People like you when you're doing that. They don't they don't necessarily like you when you're telling them behave yourself. Follow the rules. <laughs> Follow the rules, please. Yeah. So you got into data management as well, right? I did. So that's kind of the operational side of it. And and I will say it's a little bit like that in in the police world as well, from what I've seen, but. I did learn people love inflating their titles. And, and so, and so you know, the operations director, I mean, that's a, sounds a little extreme from what I kind of felt like I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's almost like a catch-all, you know, I was doing the, the human resource, the insurance and this and that, but then they had an IT guy that, that was out of state, just the contract guy. And, and a lot of times he'd call me up for different things with the server and every, uh, when we had issues. So I'd start doing all that. And I eventually with kind of with that same IT job that I'm doing there, I, I kind of dig into the, the database work there, which once again, kind of like the, the insurance gig that, you know, there's a records man- management system. Now the law firm is, is grown and changed obviously as, as you would, if, if you were a city growing and, and constantly looking to improve what you have, but it was not, it was not a great one. It was not a flashy thing. So I'm sure a lot of people would have worked with, with systems. It's hard to get information out of. It was kind of that way. It was real finicky. And, and so, I mean, in, in, in my spare time here, what I, what I wind up doing is kind of digging in and figuring out how that database worked. And then eventually, I mean, they asking if I could pull some reports from it and yeah, I started working with that. And I think at that point, I really kind of figured I enjoyed doing that. It's not anything I'd necessarily done a whole lot of before, but I, I kind of like puzzles and it's kind of like that for me. It's almost a, a bit of a challenge to it at that point. Now, if, if I went back and did it, it would be boring and, and too easy because, uh, you know, crime analysis, you really dig in. But yeah, as you know, pulling reports from the different cases and, and they, they kind of got into doing some mass torts. And there's just a, a whole lot of people in that database from, from all over. And there's just a lot to keep up with. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of got tabbed to do a lot of reports, things, things like that yeah. in that system. And so you also mentioned that the worst part of the job which was having to fire people i just the worst absolute (laughs) worst i mean there's some cool cool aspects to in general you know there's like a a a law firm had a a private jet and they 
like, hey, tomorrow we need you to hop on the jet in the morning and come down. We have a, a five attorneys we need you to fire. Oh, and, man. you know, I could walk into my building where I was at and people knew it's probably just going to be a regular day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Seth will bring in some extra snacks or something or uh, <laughs> things like that. So they were always friendly to me. Now, going down to uh, the Houston office from the Kansas City area, uh, and I liked, the, I liked a lot of the people there, but every time I walk in, it's just like everyone, you could just, you could just see it. They have a sinking feeling. They're like, Ooh, <laughs> someone's getting fired. I mean, there were a couple of times I, I went down, not for that, but I just, everyone always expects the worst. They're always eye, eyeballing, you know, just, Oh, great. Seth's here. And, and I, that just, man, that just stinks. It yeah. just stinks when people look at you like you're the enemy and you haven't <laughs> even done anything. <laughs> yeah. I, we're, you're uh, George Clooney in the air up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and <laughs> it's funny I, when I've told people that they've asked me what I did before and you know, why, why I left and, and this and that, and that came up. I, I've heard that multiple times. I actually haven't seen that movie. I should watch it Maybe a little, little too, a little too soon after I left. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to see that just yet, but yeah, I need to watch it now. Now I could probably laugh about it. Well, spoiler alert, it does get dark at the end. Yeah. Like, it's kind of one of those things you're cruising, 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 and then it just kind of like, oh, this is yeah. not real. Yeah. So, yeah. I got to uh, spoil it a little bit for you. Uh, so I, I do like movies, so I'm kind of shocked I hadn't seen it. So, uh. so then 2016, you become a crime analyst. Yeah. And yeah. not really a lot of experience. And no. so take us back to just your first days what you found to be a particular challenge and what your goals were going in and whatnot. Well, uh, there, there's kind of a, a number of challenges with it. When you say like I had no prior experience, well, one, no experience with law enforcement. There's, I mean, my experience with working with kind of databases and, and even just Excel, certain things like that, I was okay with, but it was not anything I'd I'd say I was great at like uh, mm-hmm. the work was similar enough that it wasn't a foreign concept, but there was just a lot of unknowns in general, kind of another kind of pro and con o- overall. And I think at this point I figured it's been a, it's been a real benefit is the fact that this department had not had an analyst before. So they were kind of flying blind. And what really worked out is that I wasn't coming in with this idea that these are the things we, I need to be doing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't come in saying, Hey, just like the previous person, here's these, these are this huge list of things we want you to continue doing. So it's something we could grow together with it. So that was what made it easier. But yeah, honestly, I kind of slipped into this job. My wife is the uh, Sabrina Potts. She's an analyst. She was at Olathe, uh, Kansas at the time. She had mm-hmm. interned before that in Shawnee and, and, uh, so essentially nobody with experience had put in and I kind of knew this, which is why I was like, Hey, well I'll put in cause this sounds great. Cause coming home talking about firing people and she's, <laughs> uh, she's talking about, uh, you know, this auto burglary series and it's, you know, cool. Yeah. Her stuff sounded cool. Like we didn't want to talk work when we went out because it's like, my stuff's terrible. Uh-huh. Her stuff's awesome. <laughs> and in fact, I think my favorite thing is, this is this is pre kids, so what a what a wonderful time that that is. Where there's just there's a whole whole extra amount of time you have to do kind of whatever. So I would go down every time they had the IACA conference. 
uh, I would go and mm-hmm. it would just be my vacation week. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would hibernate, <laughs> crank the AC, <laughs> catch up on sleep, watch movies, <laughs> go work out at the gyms. And, but I got to know a lot of the analysts there and, and that, that actually really helped me out because in the end, like I say, when nobody else had experience, I at least knew the analyst already. I mean, I had some of their numbers in my phone at that point, I'm sure. So I got a lot of help with prepping for it. And so I get my foot in the door and that's honestly, that's been a support system ever since I started. I I relied real heavily on a lot of analysts in the area and it's no shock. If you know any, any of them around here, they're super helpful. As far as I know, they didn't get annoyed by my questions, but uh, (laughs) I mean, I still, yeah, being married to an analyst was, was awesome because uh, even to this day, she's, she, she'll, she'll help me on absolutely anything, you know, <laughs> uh, just, I just call her son, you know, I call her desk phone. I don't even know her desk phone, to be honest. Um, so it's, it's been like that ever since. And it's kind of led me to where, where I am. It's, uh, just kind of the culture that I've seen with it. So, you know, I get my foot in the door and, and I'd say one of the hardest parts is getting uh, almost friendly with, with sworn personnel, you know, the records lady, she's nice to me day one, the 15 year veteran that's kind of uh, grumpy all the time. Now that's a harder, that's a harder thing to crack there. So there is a bit of a, a bit of a, a hurdle of, of getting comfortable with people um, or I guess I'm comfortable with them right away, just my, my personality, but having them get comfortable to me, I guess was, was probably one of the toughest, toughest challenges um, yeah. starting out it's, coming from nowhere you know yeah well you describe you describe yourself as an extrovert and yeah. that is not normally my guests <laughs> my guests are usually introverts. Uh, yeah <laughs> so talk about the advantages that you had um working, well, working your way through these stubborn 15 year yeah. vets and uh, using your communication skills to win them over yeah, well, and it's something that I would even I'd give advice to anybody. I have given to several that I see, I've, I've seen struggling starting out. I know I know a lot of introverts. Obviously, now in this field, I know a lot of introverts, and <laughs> I know that's a challenging thing. And I know what I see a lot of people wanting to impress with what they can do immediately, and it just from my experience and kind of how I handled it, and how well it went, and and you know maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It worked for me, and my advice is always, you know, hey. You, you're going to want them to, to be free. I don't want to say you don't have to be buddy, buddy, like you're going to go hang out necessarily, but you're going to want them to be friendly enough with you that they'll want to open an email, regardless of what you, you send to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course being extroverted was, was very easy for me to just go up and start talking to whoever. I mean, <laughs> I'm told that, uh, I could probably go talk to a brick wall for an hour. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful being able to go up and uh, say hi and, and kind of joke around with somebody that you don't even know and feel them out. What, what I made a, a purpose, you know, one of my, my first purposes there, what I was like, I have to do is I'm going to schedule, I'm going to do a four hour ride along with every officer. Now that's not feasible for everybody. Uh, (laughs) My department has, I'm trying to think how many on the road, like 30, we have 30 some odd sworn. Mm -hmm. And, and some of those are detectives as well. So it's not a huge, I mean, it was, it was kind of a huge undertaking, even with that number, like a half a day. Four hours, um, 30 people, that's 120 hours. And that includes midnight shift. Um, but I, you know, I felt it was important when I kind of pitched that idea to my command staff and stuff. They're like, yeah, go for it. So I got, I got rode along with everybody and the crate. I mean, that multi-purpose one, I meet everybody individually and I get to chat with them. They're stuck with me for four hours. So they better chat. (laughs) It's going to be weird, but 
beyond that, that was, that, that was an awesome way to get to see a lot of the job. It's fascinating too, because I've talked to some folks that says their department won't allow them to go on a yeah. ride along. Yeah. And, uh, it, it could just be the size department, the department where it is, you know, we don't, Johnson County, Kansas is, is relatively mild, uh, as far as violent crimes compared to a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I don't know where necessarily I'd, I'd, I'd pick, but say some places you might not want to do a ride along or you, they, they have multiple, they have partners in cars. Like where are you going to mm-hmm. sit in the back? Would you know, it's kind of hard for them to do your job their job when you're, you're sitting back where, where the people they arrest normally sit. <laughs> so, you know, my, my department was incredibly welcoming and incredibly easygoing with, Hey, let's figure this out together. We'll help you do whatever you, you need to do. And we'll tell you what we kind of think might be good as well. So like I say, it was a real growing experience together, but yeah, being, being a little more outgoing made that easier. Cause like I say, it's uh, some people are hard to talk to, but I did have a one, one ride along with one, one guy who's honestly super friendly now it's the gruff old man we i mean he's, he's grumpy cat is <laughs> who he is and uh doing a ride along with him for four hours he's not super talkative uh i mean i i you know forced conversation here mostly with him i figured hey i'm gonna ask some actual questions as opposed to just chit chat hey how's your day going so <laughs> that i made it through that one and and he's uh he's kind of been the de facto it liaison with the city and everything so once he figured out i could help him out (laughs) it made things a lot easier so (laughs) so with these ride-alongs you're getting to know the officer which that's a great goal and you're getting to know the city a little bit knowing what the the area looks like where you have the most problems yeah yeah it is there something that surprised you that you learned while going on all these ride-alongs well as everything was fairly new in general, my experience was either stories I'd, I'd heard from other analysts or TV was like probably <laughs> what most people know. Um, there, I don't know if there's anything that was just incredibly shocking, uh, doing traffic stops on the highway. We have a, a pretty busy stretch of highway that comes through our city. It's the, actually the busiest stretch of, of highway in the state of Kansas comes right through our Southern border and, and pulling people over. Uh, I mean, I'm in the passenger seat and we're on the shoulder and it was nerve wracking to me <laughs> seeing the officer get out on the side of the car and that you could kind of, you kind of learned who liked what and who was okay with what I had some officers I rode with it. We never got on the highway. It just, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrifying. But, um, the, I had one ride along that was, I, I got in the car with them and immediately got on a call that, to our hospital to what's called the BHAC ward. Uh, which is kind of the the uh, mental <laughs> mental mm-hmm. facility, small mental facility within the hospital, and we spent the entire four hours there, and it was that was wild. That is something I had never experienced was being around one, much less multiple rooms full of people that were just screaming obscenities or talking nonsense, and mm. and seeing the way they handled that, and I, honestly, how calm this officer was with it, which me, I'm kind of wide-eyed, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening? Was you there a particular of, situation going on at the hospital and that's why the officer was called in? Yeah, that was just, uh, there was, I'm trying to think specifically, I think it was someone that was in the parking lot and I can't remember exactly, they might've been making crazy statements or pacing back and forth or in and out of the building. And it's like someone had dropped them off and they mm-hmm. were just, I won't say violent, but, but looking like they were quite unstable. So mm-hmm. they uh, put them in there and get in, in 
involuntary uh, committal, I guess, at least for the short term to get them checked out and, and uh, whatnot. But um, yeah, it, it, that was, it was crazy. Um, I mean, no pun intended. It was, it was nuts though. Like I had never seen anything like that. And now that I see now looking back, I'm like, yeah, that happens. That's all the time. That's having a hospital in your city. <laughs> you know, you see stuff like that. Um, we, there's always trade-offs. We don't have a Walmart, which is good, but we do have a hospital, which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. My, so I went on a ride along once in Cincinnati and the, the officer drove like, 55 miles an hour everywhere he went yeah <laughs> and the his reason for doing that was that at any time if he gets a call that's an emergency call he wants to be ready and be used to driving that fast huh. uh, yeah, i don't know a, if i necessarily agree with it but that was that was his rationale yeah. well i i have I have kind of figured and learned with that it's kind of a hey, whatever whatever gets you there whatever yeah. does it for yeah that seems a little odd to me too yeah. um i don't know that i i came across that with any of my my guys uh necessarily but um yeah you you definitely use some different personalities how how uh people handle different things some mm-hmm. are more prone to want to get up and go quick whereas some and typically i'd say that's newer officers to, to veteran officers i think most of my veteran officers i they hardly ever going to run hot to something yeah. um uh, yeah they're I, I guess i don't know if you say they're, they're they're just so used to stuff that they have a better feel for hey me getting me flying to get there is not gonna do anything in this situation yeah. and but yeah they they kind of all have their own personalities and things that they feel comfortable doing that's for sure oh, interesting so then what have you turned the position into now so as you mentioned that you're new it's new to the department i mean what yep. have you turned this position into so you know one of the things they they liked on my resume was that i had some it knowledge mm-hmm. um, i never claimed to be an expert in it never claimed it it was the main part of my job duties necessarily, but that I was familiar with, with computers and um, a lot, you know, they, they liked that because I think they had just this plan that they could get someone that could do multiple things and not just your, your standard, I, I guess, idea of crime analysis. So, I mean, for, so the, the city of Merriam's 11,000 residents, it's not that big, it's 4.3 mm-hmm. square miles. So a lot of departments, there would be in cities that size, probably wouldn't even have an analyst. We are in the Kansas City metropolitan area. We, we butt up north end against Kansas City, Kansas, separate county, large agency. You know, east, just east is is Overland Park, Kansas, larger city, one of the largest cities in the Johnson County, Kansas area. Uh, west is Shawnee. And so we're kind of sandwiched in there. And I think the daytime population, so residential population, 11,000. Daytime population, 140,000, 150,000. So obviously are, are they're busy. <laughs> I think I've always heard people, uh, they, they kind of say, oh, why, you know, Oh, the Merriam, Merriam officers or the other was, is park police. And they're, you know, someone new going to the Academy is like, Oh, these guys. And they're always kind of corrected. Uh, but like, yeah, they handle a lot of calls for that size, <laughs> both, <laughs> both parks, police and Merriam for the, the size of it doesn't seem to matter. Cause we're just constantly, constantly on calls. So, when I get in, I, I remember one of the first things that I got was just, I didn't even know how to respond. It's it's my now chief. He was, uh, I think, major at that time. He comes in and he sets down this this foot high stack of paper that's <laughs> handwritten patrol logs, like our officers basically documenting what they did on their shift. 
He was like, hey, see, see what you can do. See if you can do something with this. And what I wanted to say was like, yeah, where's the shred bin? <laughs> what, what do you want me to do with this? But that that kind of shows you like, hey, let's let's figure this out. So what I kind of did, I, I'm I'm getting going. That that chief that I had at that point was very he's the one that, that had pushed to get an analyst. And he was fairly numbers driven, at least for the point of, of sharing with the city and the city administrator he had a, a couple of agendas they're like hey having someone be able to pull numbers of this and all this stuff would be great because right now without an analyst they're still having to do their annual report they're still giving numbers here and there and and uh, i think a lot of it is like i don't we don't have a lot of officers and mm-hmm. uh, you know you go down one or two officers you're kind of sc- scraping there's people working a lot of overtime this and that so it's like hey what can what can this guy do to help <laughs> alleviate some of this so, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I, there's certain things, writing bulletins and stuff for some of our detectives and do it right away. And they were very good at, at like <clears> loop me in like, Hey, we had this guy, can you, let's make up a, a, either a bulletin or an email just in kind of, they help let me help them practice sending those out and got used to doing that. That's one thing I did. But like I say, that the stack of patrol logs, that was one of my first projects that I kind of, and this is kind of how I started going down this path. I start thinking, what, what could I do with it? He's like, yeah, do something with these. And I don't know that he'd necessarily expected me to do a whole lot with them. But what I did is like, well, what, what about if I created this patrol log, uh, like in an Excel sheet, make it a log that they can at least type through as opposed to handwriting. What can I do to make this easier? was kind of my thought process. And sure. um, honestly, I, a lot of that was, I, I talked to my officers and that is one thing I have found that there's, there's, you talk to command staff about this. You talk to investigations about this. You talk to patrol about this. There's kind of, there's just different things and you got to talk to everybody. And I think that's what kind of helped me with patrol is, Hey, Hey, I got asked to do this. And instead of me just saying, I'll do this however I want, I kind of prodded around me like, hey, what would you guys like do? You, how do you guys like doing these? Mm-hmm. And and most of them are like, I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we didn't have them. Uh, yeah. So that was a good approach going to the office. Yeah. And and that's kind of been like, a lot of times like, what's the end game here? Who's the who's the end recipient? Who who needs to be happy about this? And uh, I mean, most of the time it's, it's it's one group or another cares more, but. A lot of stuff I've, I've honestly made it my mission since I've been there that anytime I can make something easier in my patrol guys, I will, because I, I do have such a huge respect for, for what they do. And uh, I mean, people that don't know law enforcement, they probably have an, this idea that, that the, you know, the patrol officers just on the street that they don't do much, like it, it's an easy job. And, and I'm blown away. You go sit in the car and, and how they're answering the radio and, and like all the codes and this and that, and then knowing the statutes and this, and eh, they know a lot and they do a lot. And they're asked to do a lot of extra things that you just wouldn't even think about. So these things that they're having to do, I'm like, Hey, how do we knock this out and make this easier? So I, yeah, I made those, I made those patrol logs into an Excel sheet that, that automated a lot of stuff. It counted up the time for them. They didn't have to do that. It, it actually, I, I created something off that, that, that pulled up their monthly stats for their supervisors. And I, I'm happy to say at this point, I've, I've built something that just does their halfly for them that, that, uh, it's just an Excel form. I call it, I like making easy buttons for them. <laughs> so they go in and they put the date range and there's a drop down with the officer's name and it pops out all the information they want that, that's gathered from our records management system. They're a separate sheet that someone's filling out for their fitness stuff. Another 
one they fill out for the range scores. And then I had tied it into CAD for shifts worked uh, and, and some other items like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But now instead of them doing these patrol logs and handwriting, everything is, is evolved into, they don't have to do any of that. And it's all tracked. And in fact, it's, it tracks more than what they thought about tracking before uh, automatically. So I, I've kind of made it my, my goal to anything that someone asks for that takes time. I'm like, Hey, well, let me see what I can do for you about that and make that easier, um, at least easier, if not non-existent. <laughs> so hmm. that's, that's kind of, yeah. do you still, is it just an Excel spreadsheet sitting on the network or do you use a more online version? So multiple officers can use the spreadsheet all at once. So the, the spreadsheet originally how that was, it was, uh, it was on a server, a shared server mm-hmm. and they all had their own folders. Oh, I see. So in their cars, they just, uh, they have a shortcut to that, that server and they just, pop open their, their folder with their name, open their, their sheet. I, you know, and it's one of those things that the more, the more I've learned, the more I'm like, you ever get those projects where you've done a lot of work. It's been almost like a work in progress and you can look back and see things you could fix, but then you're going to have to redo everything. So you're like, you know what? It kind of, it is what it is at this point without totally breaking this thing down. We're just going to keep adding to it or fixing this or that. That's kind of how that went, but they all had their own, own, uh, spreadsheets with with their own formulas built in and everything and i mean the only i'm trying to think it, it took a, it only took part of a day or, or whatnot to redo them for the next year because i just had mm-hmm. them for a year at a time there's tabs for every month and then the days of the month so it, it wasn't too bad redoing that and like i say of course at this point i just have it all tied into an access database just a form that they like i say real quick uh, just here's your dates here's your person <laughs> so uh that's kind of how that's gone but yeah excel was I, I think it's the one that if you're not a computer guy, uh, but you have programs you have to use, that's typical other than Microsoft Word, I guess. Excel's the one that people are going to know and they're going to feel <laughs> most comfortable with. So that's yeah. kind of where I started. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Sheila Dorn. Do you want to build your credibility with field personnel, with police officers on the street? Get a candy dish, put it on your desk and fill it with good candy. That's your opportunity to talk with people and engage. You can send out a million emails. People might know your name, but they don't really know you until you talk to them face to face. And that candy dish is an opportunity to talk with people and really get to know them. Uh, This is Erin Wickersham from the Maricopa County Attorney's Office, and my public service announcement is to go on a court along. Uh, You may have been on a ride along, and I think someone else recommended a 911 operator sit along. So find a prosecutor in your jurisdiction and see if you can go to court with them. You'll learn a lot about the process and about the work that they're doing. All right. Then you just kind of get your hands into a bunch of different cookie jars that, right? It's just one thing after another. And soon you get yourself being part of officer involved incidents. Correct. And, Uh and you, as you mentioned yesterday in our prep call, there's no internal affairs there. Mm -hmm. So just kind of take us through how what your role is with these officer involved incidents okay so i mean by the time i get there it's 2016 when i'm when i'm getting in there and it's not it's definitely not immediately this i can't i can't i don't know if it's into 17 maybe even into 18 so i guess let me get back up let me explain what the officer involved shoot team is so 
um, when you're thinking like Kansas City, I mean, most of the time you're thinking Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. These are the two larger agencies. Those are the ones that are on A&E and have their own shows mm-hmm. for all this stuff going on. Johnson County, Kansas, is the suburbs of, of Kansas City that is, like I say, just south south of KCK and uh, west of, of the state line with Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's um, just a handful of agencies that are s- smaller for the most part. Olathe and Overland Park are the two largest in the area, and then the rest the rest are significantly smaller as you go down there. But the way, and I'm not sure when they started. I've, I've heard you know them talking about it in, in stories in the past where they decided to do this, and I can't remember where they got the idea from. I, I kind of feel like I heard something at one point that it was something that was popular in in Europe, kind of a mm-hmm. way to uh, handle it. And I think the idea is that it takes it takes some some of the the agency bias out of it. It also mm-hmm. kind of lets I, I, you know how people kind of have a. I get the idea that if you're an IA, you're just kind of not liked. <laughs> you're <laughs> I, I like being HR. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can relate but, to that too. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I mean, the idea is is uh, an agency has an incident where an officer is is discharged their weapon, and, and there's there's some more var- variations of how this has gone and. and things they'll handle but in general that's the idea An officer has has uh fired fired a gun um or there's been a, a critical incident where, where some sort of use of force was used as that could could end in, in the death of a suspect or sometimes it's the it could be the death of an officer most of the time there's just maybe some some injuries uh things like that but the idea is it's going to be handled by a team of all, built out of all these all these smaller agencies there's there's every team contributes people mm-hmm. that are on this team and they investigate it which i tell you that's one of the coolest things i've ever seen because if you think about how long it might take to do one of these things on your own so they they basically these guys come in and there is an officer in charge oic and there's there's several of those from several agencies and they kind of rotate who does that and then that person their agency like the the physical building would they would be the host of it and all these uh, other agencies representatives would come in and then there's these uh, the leads up front that are basically handing out leads to people saying all right this one go get video of this and that and there's typically they'll go in teams of two sometimes sometimes by themselves but uh man the speed at which you can knock out an investigation when you have a team of people and it's just <laughs> go 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 i just i just did one the other day uh, obviously still not resolved necessarily and it was I guess fairly simple con- compared to how some could be. There was one, you know, one area this happened in, but it's just, it never ceases to amaze me that these guys come in and, and there's like a hundred leads. Typically a, a lot of times it's over a hundred leads. And in the matter of three, four days, those are almost completely done. And uh, so what happens is I've been there long enough and I've done stuff like the patrol log. And, and uh, my, one of my captains is actually one of the, one of the, OICs, the officers in charge, and and he gets a call for an officer involved. This one was a little weird because it wasn't a shooting; it, it involved a taser. But okay. uh, the 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 guy died, so we're like, hey, you know what? I know it's not our typical thing, but we are, and we we asked the agency, like, hey, do you want us to just investigate this like we normally would? And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's not a bad idea. So we do, and my captain's just like, hey, you want to come out to this? <laughs> uh, and when you know when you got someone at command staff when i was saying hey you want to come do this you just yeah yeah sure mm-hmm. if nothing else to peak my, it piques my interest right mm-hmm. so i get out there and uh it's uh 
it's kind of the like the who's who out of detectives from these different agencies and a lot of names I recognize, didn't know their faces. And you know, I get in there and it's kind of, okay, what can I do? And knowing that I, I deal a lot with some of the IT stuff there, they start giving me like the videos and stuff. Uh, you almost become just the, the, the keeper of all things. People turn their leads in uh, to you with their, in their narratives and, and you start keeping track of everything. So at first, you know, uh, analysts weren't readily involved in these. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else had done one before. I know one regular. I know I know my wife Sabrina had just done one, and actually uh, she did did that with, with my captain was in charge, so he was familiar with her. And um, obviously, she put put forth a great effort to the fact that he's like, "Hey, I'll ask Seth next time." <laughs> um, so it's an evolving thing. Obviously, like Sabrina was at a larger agency, so she handles stuff like that all the time. That gets in mind thinking like, hey, who, you know, what else could they do? What else could they do? And so they're handing all these leads in. Um, this one in particular, one, there was nobody outstanding. So there's not like we were frantically searching uh, social media to find someone where they might go. Sometimes that's the case, not on this one. So that was a good first one. But what I did see when they're handing me all this stuff and, and I know a lot of people are probably familiar with like, hey, just do this. And like, well, how is it done? I, I don't know. Just kind of this. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't, I might be an extrovert, but I'm also, I have a, a certain level of OCD. <laughs> it's a nightmare. So I see, and I don't know if you can picture this, you know, those three ring binders that are not just the tall ones, but like, it's got an extra fold in it. It's like yes. a super tall. I don't even know what those are called. I don't know uh, either, but I they're know they're terrible looking. About. So essentially what they were doing currently was everything was coming in paper is physical property. Even, even the videos and photos, anything that's coming in, they're putting on disc and like a two hole punch or whatever in the little paper casing for that. And it's just this gigantic binder of paperwork thrown in there. And I kind of like, kind of like that instance of, Hey, see what you could do with this stack of handwritten patrol logs. My mind goes to, Hey, can I improve on this? <laughs> I, mean, I think, I, I think, you know, I'll go ask my captain cause he's, he's technically in charge there. And I'm like, Hey, I'm fine collecting this and doing this the way you have it. But what would you think if I kind of organized it a little better? What if we made this digital and I had just, I can't remember what, what I was working on before. And I guess it doesn't technically even matter, but I was able to, I was kind of looking through little video tutorials of, of things people do with, with uh, PowerPoint. Um, and I stumbled, stumbled across this idea um, with PowerPoint and it, this might age me. And I know you, I know, I know you'll get it, but uh, it was kind of the concept of a choose your own adventure book of, Hey, you have these slides and, and what you're used to seeing is just next, next, next. You can click mm-hmm. forward and backwards and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was the idea of, Hey, look, you have links on here and you click on it, it'll take you somewhere, not to the next slide, but to whatever slide that's attached to. Sure. So to me, I'm like, Oh, so, I mean, kind of like a digital notebook. I have that. You can have that lead sheet up front. It's like a table of contents mm-hmm. and we put all the stuff in it and you can click on lead, whatever, and you can go straight to it. Any videos attached. So I had just, I, I mean, I, within a day, day or two before I was messing around with that, building something out, you know, testing it out. And so this was my first big test, even doing this. Mm-hmm. So I take all this stuff and I'm like, what if I made this all digital? What if I put this in here where you could just click on something, go straight to it instead of having to thumb through this big binder of, of junk is basically what it looks like junk. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, you know, I've always been lucky with my department and who I've, I work with and, and they're, they're so gung ho about like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. And so the DA's office likes it, which to me, kind of again saying, Hey, who's, who's our end audience? Who are we need to make happy here? There you go. Is a DA's office for, in this case, which that's, so we do it and they, they like it. They like the idea of it. And uh, we've kind of rolled it back a little. We don't go crazy on it every time, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I had a chance to talk with, with the DA and the assistant DA out there and just say, you know, real, real briefly, like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Like just out of curiosity, what do you like? What do you not like? And it's kind of funny. And I, I don't, I don't ever take, I don't say criticism necessarily, but if I, if I work hard and build something and someone's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. Yeah. It sucks. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it does. But at the same time, like I kind of go into it saying, well, I learned from that. Now I could use that somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, that's fine. That's, that's, that's honestly kind of how I feel about the work is, Hey, I'll put in that extra effort and I just, it needs to be what you guys want. So if you don't want it, I'm not going to spend my time on it. Mm-hmm. but it's kind of a fun learning process as I go. So we kind of tweak it down. And, and at, at times now, at very least, they don't, they don't always want the PowerPoint. Sometimes it's nice for like a quick brief summary, but a lot of times it will be just kind of, Hey, at least as long as you have a, a folders that are labeled lead, lead one interview, so-and-so. And then in that folder, there's the narrative, any attachments, any video that very least that's come out of it where they're not looking into a binder every time they're plugging in a thumb drive. And it's, it's just, it streamlines the process and makes it a lot easier to make sure you have everything. Now, does, does the officers wear cameras? Well, like during, during this investigation, are you saying, or just like in the different agencies? Like the different agencies or, or I guess both. Are they available in different agencies and we're wearing one at this, in this case? Yeah, I I believe, I believe I can't think there's not one. I'm pretty sure every single agency in, in Johnson County, at least had, they, they've had body worn cameras for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I know the funny thing is I think a lot of people think uh, that officers don't like that, but to be honest, the officers I know I talk to, they love it. They love <laughs> it because it's, there's no, there's no hearsay when they have that thing on mm-hmm. um, like, Hey, this is, you know, there, there's some variation of what the camera catches to what the person might see, I guess, but there's no, there's no doubt of what was said at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, they all have that. So yes, those get downloaded and, and those are part of the, the DA package. Um, and that's why these things get quite large because depending on what it is, there might be quite a few officers called. Typically there is. Mm-hmm. And so then you're looking at every single body worn camera, in-car cameras. And like I say before, that's all been on disc. Here's just, here's a disc of this. Here's a disc of this. Um, I put it on one place where they just play it. And, and that's been, um, honestly, one of the, I think one of the, uh, detectives working this and the team's favorite thing is they get that stuff and they hand it off. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say it's grunt work, but I'd say none of them really want to do that. None of them want to mess with that. And, uh, yeah. cause it's that's tedious kind of, setting it is. that it, up in PowerPoint, right? Yeah. And I've, I, there's lots of, lots of learning on that, making mm-hmm. things easier and, and, um, even figuring out the problem with file paths and how to save things properly. That was a mess, but, uh, no, everyone's bared with me and we've, we've improved it and yeah, it can be, I found kind of easy, quick ways of doing it, but uh, yeah, in, in general, there could be, there could be a lot of, a lot of, I mean, some of these cases we'll, we'll put the stuff on a one terabyte drive and I don't know that we've ever reached that capacity by any means, but there's yeah. an, sometimes there's enough video evidence that they just want to make sure they have something that has enough space on it. <laughs> yeah. 
I get you. So yeah. in this particular case, then, yeah. yeah, you said it was a taser. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, yeah. was it, did the, did the person getting tased, did they have a weapon or what, what was the yeah. circumstances regarding the, the tasing? So it was a, uh, it was a disturbance call, I believe. And, and there was, it was in a neighborhood and people called in, there's someone just beating on their, on their garage door and, and making a lot of noise outside. You know, officers roll up just as, as they always would. He's got a, I think it wound up being like a painter pole or something. He had some big stick, some big metal stick, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as opposed to lethal force, he he was not compliant. He was kind of talking crazy, just not nonsensical stuff. And, um, and I'm not sure at that point, like what information had been relayed to him. I think he was a known, a known person. I think he's probably flagged for having some side of t- tendencies like this, but he was definitely having an episode where he was, you know, either I, I, I can't quite remember if it was drug related or just mental health type of issue but he was in one of those states where he wasn't listening to anybody and he had this pole in his hand and, and I'm, I'm not sure if he made a move towards officer or just non-compliant was not coming over and he was trying to leave whatever the case was on that they wound up tasing him just kind of standard standard there's nothing about it that was out of the ordinary mm-hmm. um, situation for it but he he wound up and I don't remember if he was on scene or if it was at the hospital or in the ambulance, I know it, it was taken by ambulance. So I think it, it might've been somewhere along the way to the hospital, if not at the hospital, but he, he passes. And so this is why we wind up working it. Cause it is technically he's detained at that point. And mm-hmm. it was a death while being detained. So instead of just working it themselves, which sometimes they would, and they wouldn't necessarily be wrong for doing that. It, it technically didn't match the normal case of what we would we would do for for the team to come out, but it's is something more of a courtesy at this mm-hmm. point. We say, hey, w- do you want us do you want us to take this as the team? And at that particular time, they say, yeah, uh, that'd be great. And that's kind of the thing with some of these. If it drags on, there are always certain leads that just take forever to get get back. And I think the autopsy took quite a quite a while to get all the paperwork and everything definitive back. Don't believe the cause of death had anything to do with the taser. Actually, um, I think it was really. A, I think it was a chronic heart condition uh, along with maybe some drugs or like mm. constant like a, a history of drug use. Uh, I think that's I, that's what I recall from it. That it was. It's just kind of weird time that it, it wasn't directly caused by that. And mm-hmm. the excitement alone was probably what, what did it just the, the situation itself, not even necessarily the taser. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know the science behind the taser and how, how that, uh, I mean, I've even heard that they have it where pacemakers now don't even get affected by it, which uh, it seems crazy to me, but uh, and he didn't even have that. He just, it was just a, a heart condition um, yeah. anyway, but hmm. Yeah, so, so it's so there was yeah. multiple officers there. Multiple officers there. So we yeah. you know, we're looking at different angles. different body cameras from different yeah. angles. Uh there was even someone, I think a, a witness with a cell phone possibly. So yeah, you, know, you get different types of media multimedia coming in. Mm-hmm. Um and and that is a thing when you talk about multiple agencies. Um, you're like, oh, what, what technology do they have? Sometimes sure. people just have uh, uh audio. I think they had actually, you know, I don't know that they had body cams there on that one. They might be, I, I feel like at some point on, on one of these I've worked, it was an earlier one because I believe now everybody has cameras. Mm-hmm. They might not have at that point. They might've just had the audio. Oh, okay. But they had, they had in car cameras. So they, you know, you had the, the, from the car, um, which would catch part of it, but not all of it. Sure. 
I believe that might have been the case on this, actually. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was the sound bites, but, you know, you're trying to put together everything else you have from witnesses, witness statements, and then someone shooting a f- from a phone from afar, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of like now it's just a video that didn't really do anything, <laughs> but but they submitted it, so we have to do something with it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah so, it was, I mean, it's wild. So then with this, mm-hmm. you cl- collecting information and you're coming up with some conclusion, right? Is yeah. some kind of recommendation to the prosecutor, or and, you're just giving data? Well, to the we're just giving data, we, we and kinda, they're deciding whether to prosecute. Yeah, it or we not. we we keep our honestly, we keep uh, like a, an opinion for, for the most part. I like we don't say we suggest this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's the the goal of it is is like here's here's all the information. The DA has it, and they'll make their decision. And typically how these work. So like the, the agency that has it, they'll still have, if there's criminal charges involved in it, if there should be, they're still working uh, that case th- themselves. Um, so it's a lot of moving pieces here. They have their report for the criminal incident. And we're working the, the officer involved portion of it. So even like charges and stuff, that's not really our, that's not really part of this. Yeah. This is strictly, these are the actions that happened here. This is, these are the, the camera and these are the witness statements. This is everything laid out very clearly from every angle we have, but you know, it goes beyond that. I don't know that I'd actually see it. It's kind of it's part of being the team. It, it, a lot of times, you know, you might hear a little this and that, like, Hey, how's, how's the guy doing this or that? I don't know that I necessarily dig too much into how, how we present the DA other than like, I have it on the disc, but, and they'll write up a a big report at the end that kind of summarizes everything at the hand of the DA's office. But there's not like a big portion of it that we think that this was good because of this. There's no like convincing. It's just not our job. And Mm -hmm. that would, that would take away from having a team do that. If, if, I mean, the idea is, is it's, takes away the bias of the home agency doing this on their own officer it's very much a a, an outside look with i mean the closest thing i think you're going to get um without having literally non-law enforcement do it so what was the result of this incident this incident in particular the it was i think it was it was considered a well within policy mm-hmm. there's nothing out of policy for it so as far as how how our stuff ended there were no charges against the officer for the incident okay uh, yeah so that at least that's the result of that and i said the guy the guy did die and then mm-hmm. so the criminal side i guess was technically i guess uh, exceptionally cleared by death of offender you're not not always not always the case <laughs> yeah no, that's that's interesting. I just uh, I, I I never thought uh, analyst working internal yeah. affairs type cases. So yeah. I, I find it fascinating and certainly yeah. understand your role with the, yeah. the type of data being collected and keeping it organized and yeah. and understanding what's in each. In, in other of types evidence. of cases, sometimes there's more. They'll do more. Sometimes I've I've and I've done quite a few of these now, and mm-hmm. I cannot think. I've we've only I've only worked one where the offender's been missing at first, and they wound up mm-hmm. getting. So that's there's more of a clock on that, and there's there's social media. There's a lot of investigative work done with that, and there's leads for it. But that's something was as an analyst, and and we've gotten to the point now that we have two. We, we want two out of every one of these. And if any analyst knows they've ever got a chance to work with another analyst, uh, another agency, whatever, it's kind of, it's kind of cool seeing other analysts work and what resources they have and how they do this and that. And 
I would say it's almost exponential, uh, the, the, the kind of work that gets done. It's not just doubled. It seems like bouncing ideas off each other and very much like, hey, all right, you look this up and, oh, you came across them. I'll start looking this person up or I'll look at this address or whatever. So I know there's lots of different types of analysts and, and around here, especially these smaller agencies, a lot of times this, these analysts do everything. It's not just analytical. Uh, it's not just admin and, mm-hmm. and investigative. It's, it's pretty much all, some of them is all together. Like me, I, I'll, there's no other analyst. So mm-hmm. I, I pull the numbers for the city. I, and my favorite thing to do and where I sit is in investigations. And from most of the analysts that I, I, I've met and talked with, I think if they have a chance, that's the, that's the most fun. That's the, that's the thrill is getting to help detectives uh, dig in and do a lot of that research. And uh, sometimes you get to do that, which, mm-hmm. and I always hate saying, I, I hate saying it's fun working. It is not, that's not the right <laughs> word. It's not fun. At this point, I love, I just love seeing these guys from the other agency, you know, they're, they're friends now. They, uh, you know, I don't, there's not a whole lot of chances to see them. Yeah. So uh, not fun, but it's uh, always good to see them and get yeah. to work with them. So have you ever been tased? Uh, I did. I just, it's part of me uh, getting into the job. And, and when I was still interviewing and the interview was coming up, I, I participated in Merriam Citizens Academy, uh, you know, kind of get a little extra familiar with it and show my interest uh, more than just mm-hmm. a, a, an application kind of thing. And part of the Citizens Academy, there was a night on, on tasers and uh, it was, it was optional to be tased. And, and the way those tasers typically work and, and how the officers use it, it's, it's a basic, Basically, it's a it's five seconds. Everybody gets five seconds. Uh-huh. There is the ability to cut it off short. Mm-hmm. They don't do that in the field because that's where you get into. Well, why'd you cut it short? This and not that. So everyone mm-hmm. gets a five second ride. Mm-hmm. A couple people <laughs> did it just the quick the just the quick burst. And mm-hmm. um, I, you know, trying just trying to go that extra mile. Yeah. The, one of the officers is you know the officers are are, are running it uh, and. I, they'll do it different ways now. I didn't get the prongs in; they just taped it, which I've learned since it, it, not any better than the prongs because they <laughs> actually could set the, the the charges farther apart. And the wider the spread, the the more of your body gets hit, essentially. Yeah, I got and, you. And uh, so they, you know, I have like top, uh, I think, right shoulder, and then uh, lower left back. So I got a full spread across my back to shoulder, <clears throat> and. It was the longest five seconds of my life and the worst five seconds of my life. I just, I felt like I was counting my head and I swear I got to 20 seconds. Um, it was bad. I, I, I will say when they say these guys, you know, they do that in the academy, they, mm-hmm. they get tased and they get pepper sprayed. And I don't know if it's necessarily why, but I, I would assume part of it is to know what it's like. So if you're going to mm-hmm. use that kind of force on somebody, you know yourself what it's like. Mm-hmm. All I can say is anytime you see someone get tased and they get up and continue fighting, there's something not normal <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's awful. It feels yeah. awful. So did you like drop down to a knee or something like that? Uh, they had for that, they had, they had two people holding, holding uh, each of my arms and uh-huh. uh, just making sure I didn't, I didn't go down and hit my head on anything. Um, I've mm-hmm. seen them do different ways for me. No, I was just standing there. And, but that's the thing with the taser is as soon as it's done, it's done. Like okay. it's, it's gone. So it's, there's no lasting effect. Someone's like, man, you look pale. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm pretty pale anyway, but yeah, that was <laughs> bad. That felt terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on now. And so, as I mentioned in your introduction, you are going to 
be the host of a new video tutorial segment for LEA Podcasts yes. called Small Steps. You and I met in Las Vegas at the IACA conference last year, Correct, and yeah. you were teaching an Excel class. We've wanted to boost the YouTube video portion of LEA Podcasts with some short videos. So just give the audience a little snippet on what they can yeah. expect from these All videos. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of like I've yeah, done with, with everything else, I've, I've done a lot of Google research, a lot of training, self-training on stuff like that. And like you say, we met at, kind of at that conference when I was doing a class on it. I I'd, I'd, I'd done a couple. I guess I started out doing doing my first conference doing a, oddly enough, on what I talked about, PowerPoint, right? Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then as, as you kind of picture, you do one of those in, you get some of the other organizations like, hey, would you be willing to do a webinar of this? Or you teach us again? And you kind of get you kind of get your name out there, whether you want to or not yeah. <laughs> to, to do stuff, right? Well, I kind of, like I said, Excel was one of those things that was out of, out of the basic products you get that are non, you know, not expensive software that some agencies get. It's one that everyone typically uses. So it, it was easy to study up and, and kind of, it's, it's a rabbit hole. It's just, it seems like it's never ending. There's always something in my experience uh, with, with conferences and training. Uh, and from what I hear from other people, it's, it's always a wildly popular thing, some training on Excel or, mm-hmm. or access or any of those, these products that everyone uses. And um, it's like, you just never get tired of learning some of this stuff. There's always something new. Uh, like uh, chatting with you earlier, there's a new, new thing I learned the other day. That's like as simple as pressing control E. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how did, I mean, you get into VBA coding and all this stuff, but I didn't know about two keys. (laughs) So the idea is, is there's a lot of things and without having to sit through an hour long thing that, you know, get through multiple things at once, just a short videos and and kind of the way I I like to is, uh, Hey, like when you're searching for something yourself on YouTube, this or that, what do you, what do you, you get something specific, you get a small piece and it's, it's a lot easier to digest. So um, I think the idea behind this is, is really sometimes it might be a, a couple episodes in a row tackling the same, same type of thing, but it's just a quick, Hey, check it out. Here's a quick tip. Um, here's how you do it. And for this specifically, it's typically using some law enforcement type data, some data that'll be similar to what you would use and, and how you could use it. So like examples, just, you know, text a column or certain formulas, concatenate, VLOOKUP, XLOOKUP. Some of these, you know, some of these, you, you just, like I say, you might not. I'm still, I don't by any means consider myself an expert. I hate that word. I will. I dabble. <laughs> I dabble in lots of stuff is yeah. how I look at it. But I think being an extrovert and kind of talk to whoever and, and kind of my passion with the job is I just, I like to help. I'll help whoever. Yeah. I'll help my 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 patrol anything to make it easier i kind of learn at the same time and i love sharing with other analysts uh in my area uh, like i say being married to another analyst uh we know all the tricks <laughs> she knows what i know and i know what she knows and, and i go to her quite a bit too so um it's just that continuation of what i typically do and it's just like like you say it's kind of an easy way to to reach some people and it's not a big commitment not a hour-long class you don't have to sign up for it. it's not costing you ten dollars yeah. For stuff you might or might not know. It's just quick videos, quick tips. Yeah. So, so this uh, video series, it, it's going to begin Tuesday, April 5th. We'll release every Tuesday. The first one is a series on text to call Is that correct? That's correct. 
if you have suggestions for what you would want videos shown of, uh, whether it's in Excel or Access or SQL or whatever program it may be, send us an email, leapodcasts with an S at gmail.com or give us a, a comment in one of our social media postings. So the length that we're shooting for is like two minutes. These are going to be like really short videos that people can search, find out what, what exactly they need to do, and that's it. So they're not going to be sitting through a 20-minute video trying no. to just get through one aspect of the video. Yeah, it's it's pretty pared down to one item. So it's either if you get on there and you're like text to call them, I know text to call them. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. You don't have to wait through to see what else I'm talking about. It's uh, yeah. it's short and pretty concise. Um, that way you're not sitting through a lot. Yeah, and, I, and I'll and i admit there was something in text to columns that you showed me that I didn't even know. Uh, yeah, which is crazy. Like yeah. I said, I'm not an expert. I, I yeah. just say I'm no Jason Elder in Excel. And I'm no... Uh, I'm no uh, You're uh, making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I actually, when I saw you in the back of the room, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> why are you here <laughs> uh, but I'm yeah thinking, you, i'm thinking i'm like okay what's this guy gonna gonna teach me because this is the new kid on the block and uh i need to keep up with him yeah uh it's it's um no i is like you say i'm kind of I, I call myself kind of an oddball I, I, mm-hmm. I just in general like a pure analysis uh man i've got so many good analysts here around me uh yeah. in this area and they they help me with a lot of analytical stuff and a lot of them honestly know a lot of this stuff too, but they, I, I think, I, I think I've wound up helping them with, with certain things here and there for, for stuff like this. But like I say, every, every job's a little different. My department definitely gives me the the time to do these kinds of things. So I like, you know, you might as well pay it forward. I, it's just something I like about the field is that there's not a lot of, uh, I just don't find a lot of selfishness in it. You know, um, we're okay. same team happy to help with with anything so um this is just an area that i'm i'm able to actually help and contribute to to others as much as they do to me so that's small steps the the series on youtube look for that we'll be posting the the videos on our social media and as i said we are starting tuesday april 5th and it'll be every tuesday so be sure to check that out. So as you mentioned, you are married to an analyst. Correct. And have you ever heard Mindy and I's commercial on the couple fight? <laughs> I don't think I have. Okay. Let me let me play it for you because I need to know how close this is to your <laughs> household. Here's Mindy and I's commercial on the couple fight. You didn't do the dishes? Well, no, I was busy doing other chores, but my completed chores is up five in the last seven days. Yeah, but you're still down 13 over the last 28 days. Well, I see your shopping purchases is up 20% this month. My spending is still down year to date. In fact, my black shoe purchases are half of what they were this time last year. Well, thank goodness last year wasn't a normal year. Plus, I bought you new underwear, so your clothes purchases is up 40% this month compared to last month. Oh, wait. There were no clothes purchases the previous month, Miss Perfect. I didn't know you had the ability to divide by zero. You should be happy. Your temperature-led policing program has worked great in this house. I have not touched your precious thermostat in the last six months. Millions of homes in the U.S. are impacted by people wanting to be comfortable in their homes. 
Temperature-led policing, control the temperature, control the cost. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, since we didn't both start out with, with this job, for us, it's kind of the opposite. You, you, we used to get home and you each complained and, and, and vented about your work. The best part now is we come home and it's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we yeah. just know. We're side by side cities too. So it's, it's down to the same person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, no, we, uh, we're of course a little nerdy. Yeah. Uh, we, we budget when we, yeah, we bring some of the stuff home like that, but I don't know that we have too many arguments. Most of the time I just assume she's right on it. That's probably the best <laughs> policy anyway, but she, she, I guarantee, uh, stats and all this stuff. She's definitely, definitely knows more than me. So I, I know better than to argue. <laughs> <laughs> so what about temperature led policing in the house? Oh, we're, you know, we're honestly on the same page with that. That's, uh, that's pretty crazy. I, that's, I, I hear people argue about that. We had that in the station. Everyone yeah. complains about the temperature. So, yeah, I were, I talked to one of the maintenance guys. That his goal was if, if half the people are complaining it's too hot, half pe- people yeah. are complaining it's too cold, he's done his job. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we like it cold. We're People probably hate I know my parents, when they come visit, they, uh, they ask for an extra blanket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Well, let's, uh, our last segment to the show is Words to the World, and this is where I give the guests the last word. Seth, what are your words to the world? Words to the world. I don't know from, from my experience with all this, what I'd like to say, I know not everybody's extrovert. I know it's hard to put yourself out there for stuff. And I know this sounds like something your your parents probably told you when you were a kid of, oh, no one noticed, no one cared. It's just kind of how I've learned throughout all this is you don't have to be an expert on something. You don't have to be the top of your field. You don't you don't have to be a well-known person. It never hurts to try to help, no matter what it is, whether it's work-based or not. But if, you, if you're ever thinking that it's just, I don't know, you're embarrassed or, or you don't think someone's going to uh, care or someone's going to look down on you for doing it, it's, I, I guarantee it's not the case. It's, it's always okay to help somebody. And it's, it's not necessarily about if you think you're qualified to or not with, with some of this stuff. And you get an opportunity to reach a hand out to somebody. Uh, you never know how much of a difference it could make, whether that be something for a type of peer support or something, just a listening ear, or in a case like this, it never, never hurts to lend a hand on, on work, Excel, whatever. You guys out there in IACA, your regional groups, when they ask for someone to present, uh, if you got something, it's not a bad idea. Just do it. Just do it. And what worst case scenario, you didn't like it and you don't do it again. But I guarantee there's not not somebody sitting out there saying, who is this person and why are they doing this? I think we, we overlook that quite a bit. We make it about us and not about others. And sometimes that is just the the thing somebody needs is someone just to speak up to, to do something to, that might help them. You just never know. So if you're ever on the on the fence about it, err towards the side of doing it. That's that's uh, that'd be my. I don't know if I call it words of wisdom. <laughs> it's just it'd be my my outlook on stuff that it's kind of wound up helping me in my career and and honestly making friends and just uh, overall being a happier person. Oh, very good. Why well, leave every guest with you giving me just enough to talk bad about you later? that's all right that's all right (laughs) but i do appreciate you being on the show seth thank you so much and you be safe yeah absolutely you as well thank you
Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.